Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. Welcome to the Liturgical Lowdown for the month of November. I'm your host, Lisa Cotter, and on this episode, I will be giving you insights, histories, and ideas on how to celebrate and integrate the liturgical life of the Catholic Church into your own life this month. If this is your first time listening in on a liturgical lowdown, scroll back to Season 4, Episode 4, How to Liturgical Living, and give it a listen to get the most out of this episode. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Hey friends, happy November. Welcome to another liturgical lowdown. Happy fall. I'm very excited for this month of November because November for me demarcates. I'm having a baby this month in theory. I'm due November 30th, which is basically like the last minute of November. I won't be surprised at all if I go late, but I am very glad that I had time to get this month's liturgical lowdown prepped for you because there is so much going on this month. Such a great month right before we lead into Advent at the end of the month, typically here. Um, and yeah, so we're just gonna, we're gonna put Advent aside because Advent doesn't always start in November. That will be part of December. We'll talk about it then. But uh, traditionally here, we're just going to look at what goes on in the month of November in the church's calendar. So here we go. Let's start off with this monthly devotion for November. The monthly devotion, what we're all thinking about and praying through during this month in the church, or what we're, we're asked to, is to the holy souls. You'll also sometimes see this marked as the souls in purgatory. So purgatory, that's kind of the first question. Okay, so what is this? These holy souls, what's purgatory? What's this about? Well, purgatory is also known as the final purification. And the catechism puts it this way. So this is paragraph 1030 to 31. It says, all who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. Okay, so if you make it to purgatory, you're making it to heaven. This isn't like, oh, are we going to go to heaven or hell? Purgatory is where we find out. No, no, no. If you're in purgatory, you're on your way to heaven. Continuing on, catechism. But after death, they undergo purification. So as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. The church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. So it's not like mini hell or like temporary hell. It's simply, it's a, it's a stop along the way to heaven so we can get ready to meet God. And I'm actually grateful for this because I know I still have stuff, still sin, junk that I need to work through. And it's a grace really from God to be able to prepare to meet him, to have that time to be able to, to process through, reflect on, I don't know exactly what it looks like. I just know it's like preparation for meeting God, which I kind of would like. So I'm very happy um, that we get this time. Although, you know, it, it's, it's purifying. It's not gonna be fun. So some, some of that purification happens here on earth. Some of it happens in heaven, but whatever it is, we get prepared to go to heaven in that final stage there. 
So during this month of November, this is the time where we are praying specifically for those who are undergoing this final purification for those who are in purgatory. Um, we even see um, echoes, not echoes, we, we see this in scripture, um, this this praying for the holy souls in Maccabees, in 2 Maccabees 12.46, it says, Therefore Judas Maccabeus made atonement for the dead, that they might be delivered from their sin. So this isn't something that the Catholic Church made up, it's something that that was going on before Jesus even came, um, praying for the dead, making atonement for the dead, so that they might be delivered from their sin. So we can do this in a number of ways, uh, through prayer, through sacrifices, through almsgiving, and everybody's favorite, indulgences. Yes, indulgences. Isn't that that, isn't that the, the weird thing we did during the medieval times, and like Martin Luther called out the church on the corruption, so we got rid of them? Yeah, not really. Um, I mean, yes, yes, there were indulgences during early church times. And yes, Martin Luther called out the corruption that was going on with them in the church. Um, but we still have indulgences. This isn't something of the past. The church still believes in indulgences. We still have the ability um, to gain indulgences for ourselves and others. It's not the indulgences that are bad. It was the corruption that was bad. So what's an indulgence? Okay, there's there's two types. There's partial and plenary. So a partial indulgence remits part of the temporal punishment, so the worldly punishment due to sin, and a plenary indulgence remits all of it, all of the temporal punishment due to sin. And you can gain these for yourself and for others. And so in November, um, there's a few ways in particular that the church offers for us to be able to gain indulgences for the souls in purgatory. Specifically, these are just for the souls in purgatory, not for ourselves. So you can gain a partial indulgence for the souls in purgatory by praying the eternal rest prayer. This is a prayer you've probably heard people, some people pray right after a meal blessing, just so they don't forget to be praying this. It's the eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let the perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. So November is a perfect time to commit to praying this. That would be an excellent um, commitment to make this month is to pray this. Meals is just easy because then you you remember to do it three times a day. You're praying and gaining a partial indulgence for the souls in purgatory. And um, another way you can gain a partial indulgence during this month is by visiting a cemetery and praying for the faithfully departed which is a a great activity to do during this month of the Holy Souls to go to seminaries, to seminaries, not the seminary, the cemetery. Sorry about that. Two totally different places, totally different places. Go to the cemetery to pray for souls. You could also go to a seminary and pray for souls at some point. I think, you know, for the souls who are being formed there. That would be cool too, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, so those are partial indulgence options during the month of November. And of course, you can pray the eternal rest prayer at any time, but November is fitting. And then to gain a plenary indulgence for souls in purgatory, uh, you can do this by visiting a cemetery each day during the All Saints octave. So All Saints Day is November 1st. So the octave would be November 1st through the 8th. If you go every day, you can gain an indulgence um, for the souls in purgatory during this time. Um Another way you can gain a plenary indulgence this month is by visiting a church um, on November 2nd, which is the Feast of All Souls, and praying One Our Father and the Creed. 
um, you, just by doing that on November 2nd, which is the, the day that where we specifically are praying for the souls in purgatory um, on All Souls Day. If you go to church, you can pray for the souls, get a plenary indulgence by praying in Our Father and a Creed. And of course, there's also additional requirements for full plenary indulgences. Um, that would be, um, there's you need to go to confession within a week before or after. You need to receive communion. Um a holy communion go so go to mass and pray for the intention of the holy father um the kind of the simple ways you pray one our father and one hail mary uh for the holy father um and then and then the hard one that's kind of like is this even possible um is to have no attachment to sin um which is like how um so really it's just about like you need to have a disposition uh where where you are striving to remain in a state of grace while you're earning this indulgence. Okay. And I know some of you right now are going, what the heck? (laughs) Like the church is so weird. This sounds formulaic. This sounds kind of hokey pokey. Like what a weird thing. How does this have anything to do with like your relationship with Jesus and the Catholic church? All that. I get it. It is a little, little weird and a little foreign for many of us. Um, when we look at it as so like, it just sounds like a list of like rules and it's like, where's, where's faith in that? Where's love in that? How does that work? So this could be its own podcast episode. Um, and we're already like a third of the way into the liturgical well down talking about all saints and indulgences. So I'm going to link to a YouTube from Father Mike Schmitz on indulgences, and you can watch that for some more information if you're just a little bit like, Lisa, this is weird. Why is our church so weird? He can explain it a little more for you. So we're going to leave it at that. So, but um, yeah, it's important to know and understand all that can go on during this month of Holy Souls, way that we can help the souls in purgatory. So ways to celebrate this month, other things you can do. Um, this is a great month to put out on your family altar. If you have a family altar or a prayer space, uh, to put out photos of your deceased loved ones. And when you see those pictures, just remember them. It's a great month to remember those who have gone before us. Remember them, say a quick prayer for them. Um, and an activity that you could do this month, this is something my spiritual director does, is she picks a different person who has passed that she she knows, um, and she prays for them and gets the indulgence for them that day. So she has a list of 30 people. She's specifically praying for one a day, thinking about them throughout the day and getting a partial indulgence for them by praying that eternal rest prayer for them during the month of November. So beautiful, beautiful example from Sister Susan, my spiritual director. Pope's intention this month is a universal intention, and it is in service of peace. The prayer is that the language of love and dialogue may always prevail over the language of conflict. So you can write that down, that intention down on your chalkboard and be praying that this month with our Holy Father, uh, chalkboard, dry erase board, letterboard, whatever, place it in your prayer space to remember to pray for that. And a fun little activity this month that you could do if you've never read the five love languages it's it's kind of a classic book on understanding your loved ones and how they give and receive love this would be kind of a fun month tie that in with you know the language of love will always prevail over conflict in your own home um to be working on using the language of love and the specific language that your loved ones speak um that is a way to unite in this monthly intention this month.
All right, feasts for this month, we're gonna deep dive into a few of them, and then I will list out the others of notes for you. So our first day of November is a big one. It's All Saints Day, which is a solemnity, so our highest of feast days. It is a holy day of obligation, so we all need to go to Mass that day. And this this solemnity celebrates not just canonized saints and beatified, uh, those who have been you know canonized and beatified, but everyone who's in heaven. Because everyone who's in heaven is a saint, canonized or not. So some are capital S, canonized, church recognizes, and some are, um, you know, they don't have holy cards that you can put on your refrigerator, but they are still considered saints. Everyone who's in heaven is a saint. And this feast day goes way back to the 8th century. So it is an oldie and a goodie, a day where we just, like, let's just remember everybody at once. You know, there's individual feast days throughout the year, but this is the day where we remember everybody at once. And it comes on uh, the, well, it it comes after All Hallows Eve, so the Eve of All Saints, Halloween on October 31st, and then we have the next day is All Saints Day. So this is a great day to pray a litany of the saints. I will link to a a litany, and you can, of course, add in your own specific patrons, whether those be namesakes or specific saints who are special in your life or in the life of your friends and loved ones, and great day to to pray a litany. A couple of books that I will link to on the saints, they're just just for fun. There's a book called Can You Find Saints? It's kind of like Where's Waldo, but it's saints, and my kids really love that book. We always pull that out on All Saints Day, so it teaches a little bit about the saints, but then there's these pictures and you're, you're trying to find specific saints in the pictures, hidden in the pictures. And there's also a new book out called Cloud of Witnesses by Katie Warner. Um, I've not personally read the book, but Katie's great. So I know it's going to be a great book. It's a book about saints for kids. So check that out. I'll link to both those books. Crafts for today. I thought this would be a good time to highlight wooden saint dolls. These are the little peg dolls that Many Catholic families, if you've never seen this before, have these little peg dolls of saints. And you have to hand paint them because you can buy them on places like Etsy, but it can be um, kind of expensive, but you can also get them for like 10 bucks each. We have about 60 of these little wooden saint dolls. And how we got this collection is through doing saint doll exchanges. So if you've never heard of or been a part of um, a saint doll exchange, if you're a parent, this is a really fun way to ke- to teach your kids about saints. So basically how the exchange works is a group of 10 or 15 people get together and you each pick one saint and you make that saint 10 or 15 times. And then you get together and you swap. So you make 15 of the same saint, but you end up with 15 different saints at the swap. So I will link to from my old mommy blog. I did a post on how to do an exchange. I did a post on how to paint saint dolls. Um, because I did exchanges, but I also made several on my own. And then we also made a cathedral for our saints. And I will link to info on that, how to make that cathedral. It's just from a castle that I got at Michael's and we glued some crosses on top and did a couple other things to make it look more like a cathedral. And that is where our saints hang out. And it is a really neat, um, hands-on way to teach our kids about saints. Finally, All Saints Day is... A great day for parties. Uh, there are many Catholic groups that have parties. There's so much you could do. So I'm, I'm just going to link to a couple of websites that have 
food ideas, so thematic food for different saints, games, a lot of um, communities will get together and they will do kind of a carnival slash party where you can go to the different stations and play games and get candy. And then I'll link to a couple other links for costume ideas for dressing up like a saint because that's the tradition is on All Saints Day. You dress up as a saint. Um, We always dress up as saints for Halloween as well. And then we dress up again on All Saints Day at our school. They celebrate the Feast of All Saints and all the kids come dressed up as saints. And so that's kind of how we roll when it comes to Halloween and All Saints Day is is we dress up like saints. Um, We are those weird people. But hey, my kids own it. They, They don't know any different. So they love it. So I'll link to, yeah, just several links on celebrating all saints because there's just too much you could do a whole podcast episode on that alone so we'll leave it at that all right following all saints day november 2nd we have the feast of all souls and this is a day where we specifically are praying for those who are in that purification process and suffering in purgatory and they're waiting that day for when they will join in the company of saints in heaven Uh, so it's the day so we, we remember all those who are in heaven, and then the next day we remember those who are en route to heaven. So this is a great day to go to Mass. In fact, priests can do three Masses a day, and you can go to Mass three times this day to pray for the uh, the souls, the holy souls. And this is a day where you can get a plenary indulgence, so a full indulgence, um, by going to Mass or going to a church and praying in Our Father and the creed, um, it's, it's very simple, a, a great day to go and pray specifically for a loved one who has passed. You can pray for them um, to, to make their way through purgatory and get to heaven. Activity for today, this is also still the octave, so a great day to visit a cemetery and gain that partial indulgence for the souls in purgatory. If you're, if you're doing all eight days, then you can gain the full indulgence. And it's also a fun day to make soul cakes, which I talked about in the October liturgical lowdown. Uh, So I won't go over that again, but I will link again to soul cakes for All Souls Day. All right. Next day on the calendar. We're just going to hit every day this month, apparently. Uh, Not really. But November 3rd is St. Martin of Pours. And this is an optional memorial, but he's just a a beloved saint. I had to add him in there. He was a Dominican lay brother who was illegitimately born of, um, well, he was born in Peru of a Spanish knight and a freed slave from Panama. So because of his dark complexion from his mother, uh, his father turned him out of his house when he was a boy. Um, so he, you know, went on to become a Dominican lay brother. He was buddies with St. Rose of Lima and blessed John, uh, Massius. And he was really known for his miracles and his love of animals. Just a great, um, great humble saint to learn about. Uh, I will link to a prayer that you can pray through the intercession of St. Martin. There's a couple of books on him. Uh, one is called The Pied Paper of Peru. The other one is Martin de Pores, The Rose in the Desert. I'll link to those two books. Uh, those are more kid books. There's a glory story on him because he's so awesome. I'll link to that. And EWTN's My Catholic Family has done the story of him. So like I said, he's, it's a really great story, especially for kids. So I will link to both of those. And this is a fun day to do if you're going to do like a little craft or a treat to make it shaped like a mouse. Uh, in honor of St. Martin, which you might wonder, why a mouse? Well, like I said, he was known for miracles and his love of animals. 
One of the stories of St. Martin is that his monastery was overrun with mice and they were causing lots of damage and eating food and pooping and mice are gross. And they were like, kill them. They told Martin, that's your job. Get him out of the kitchen. Get him out of the monastery. Kill him. And Martin said, well, actually, I'm going to hold a meeting with them and ask them to leave. <laughs> and that's what he did. He held a meeting with the little mice and said, hey, if you guys go live in the garden, um, then I'll make sure to take care of you and just stay out of the monastery and I will make sure that you are fed. And the mice agreed. So great little day to make a mouse craft or a treat. As you remember, St. Martin de Porres. Then on November 11th, there is the Feast of St. Martin of Tours. Now this can be a little confusing because we have Martin of Pours, Martin de Pours, and Martin of Tours. Sounds very similar, both Martins, two different people. So that's why I thought it'd be fun to go through the distinction of these two. So St. Martin of Tours is also known as Martin Mass. This is a very old feast day going back to, um, I mean, he was born in 316, so so his feast day has been celebrated for a long time. Um, it's a memorial, and what's neat about this day is it's also Veterans Day in the United States and Remembrance Day in Canada, which is fitting because St. Martin was a soldier. So he was born in 316, he had pagan parents, but eventually he converted, converted to Christianity, much to his parents' dismay. And his famous story is that while he was still a soldier and he was riding on his horse, he met a poor man, a, a naked beggar, and the beggar asked in the name of Christ for alms. And Martin didn't have any money, but what he had was all of his soldier gear. So he had a soldier mantle and he had his sword. And so he took out his uh, sword and cut his mantle in half and gave half of his mantle to the poor man to cover him and keep him warm. And then that night Christ appeared to Martin and was clothed in that, um, in that half of the mantle and said to him, Martin, the catechumen, so he wasn't even a Christian yet. The catechumen has clothed me with his mantle. And so that is, that is the famous story of St. Martin. That's why you see him usually on a, on a horse with his cape and then the beggar standing next to the horse. So eventually Martin of Tours became uh, the Bishop of Tours. And like I said, this is an old feast day, so there's a lot of great old traditions around Martin Mass, around St. Martin. I'm going to link to a uh, prayer, the uh, St. Martin of Tours table blessing that you can pray at dinner that night. There's tons of traditional food. There's St. Martin's Day croissants, which are basically sugar-covered croissants that moms make for their kids. Um, this is in Europe is really where you see Martin Mass celebrated. Uh, there's the St. Martin's horseshoe cookies. So because he was a soldier who rode on a horse, they make horseshoe-shaped cookies on that day. Um, they eat goose, um, kind of like we eat turkey on Thanksgiving. They eat goose on Martin Mass in Europe. And... Um, yeah, it's just a day of celebration. There's lots of parading. There's lots of singing. There's there's a tradition of lanterns um, and fire is all associated with this celebration of this feast day. So I will link to a uh, some lantern crafts that you could make. And I'm also going to link to there's a cute little traditional um, song that is sung called St. Martin, St. Martin. So kids make their lanterns and then they parade around at night with their lanterns singing this little St. Martin song. So I'll link to an example of that. I believe it's in Germany. 
I don't know languages that well, but I think they're singing in German. And they're kindergartners. So they're really cute with their little lanterns parading around in the dark singing about St. Martin. November 17th is St. Elizabeth of Hungary, and this is her memorial. Elizabeth of Hungary was the daughter of a Hungarian king, King Andrew II, and she married a nobleman named Ludwig. And uh, shortly after that, he died in the Crusades. And so she took that as her opportunity to become a third order Franciscan. And she took land that was hers uh, and built a hospital. And then she traded in her castle for a small mud house. So she is a great example to, especially to little girls about, you know, what, what a real princess is like, what a real queen is like. Um, so I will link to a litany of St. Elizabeth of Hungary that you can pray on this day. There's also a chapter book on her called St. Elizabeth's Three Crowns. And this is a great day just to go with the crown theme. You can bake a crown cake, um, make a crown craft. And uh, my Catholic family, EWTN, has a movie on St. Elizabeth of Hungary. So you can check that out as well. All right, now we start to enter into the season where there's a lot of movable movable feasts. We've been in ordinary time pretty much since July when I started these liturgical events. Now it starts to get a little more complicated because anytime you have Advent and Lent, there's all these movable feasts that are associated with the seasons. And so this, this is kind of the first one here. It is the last Sunday of ordinary time, which falls in November, it always, um, just with the timing of Advent, based upon Christmas. So last Sunday of Ordinary Time, so the Sunday before the first Sunday of Advent, Advent is Christ the King, which is a solemnity. It's always on a Sunday, though, so, so you're already going to Mass. So this year it falls on November 25th, and this year is 2018, if you're listening to this at a later month or later year. So this November 25th, 2018, Last Sunday of Ordinary Time, Christ the King Solemnity. There we go. All right, so this is a newer uh, solemnity. It was established in 1925, so yeah, not even 100 years old yet. And it was, the the Pope at the time established this solemnity kind of as an antidote to secularism, which in a nutshell leaves God out of the picture. Um, and he was trying to remind us, no, Jesus is king. We can't take God out of the picture. In fact, God is the picture. He is, Jesus is, is the king of all of our lives, of our families, of our governments, of our nations. And so he declared this annual solemnity to remind us of that fact. So on this day, you can pray the act of dedication of the human race to Jesus Christ, the king. That's a good prayer to pray. Uh, it's also a fun day to read the book, Take It to the Queen. I think I've mentioned this book before. Even though it's about the queen, Jesus is the king, so it all ties together. A uh, great day for a king cake. And again, we're, we're on the crown theme. If you miss it for Elizabeth Hungry, you can, you can still make a crown craft on this day. I will link to a craft that Catholic Icing has, uh, as well as you could easily order from Oriental Trading Company, some kind of a crown. In fact, they have specific ones that are Jesus's King crowns. And if all else fails, you can go to Burger King and get a crown. I know some families who actually, that's their tradition is each year they go to Burger King on the Feast of Christ the King and they have lunch there and get a crown. And that's kind of how they 
remember this solemnity. Very simple, but that's sometimes that's all it takes. It's just the fun, simple stuff. All right. And finally, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, which is not technically a, a feast day in the Catholic Church, but it is here in the United States and most countries have a day of Thanksgiving. So just a couple of ideas for that holiday of Thanksgiving that we all celebrate here in the United States. I'm going to link to a page that has prayers for Thanksgiving Day, some table blessings and, and the such that you can use on that day. Um, and I have a book list from my old mommy blog of Thanksgiving books that have Christian themes. So these are picture books. I was probably like two dozen books. You can get them from your library. Just a great list of books that I try to gather um, around Thanksgiving time to read with the kids. And um, it's a great day to uh, incorporate your faith because ultimately, um, you know, all thankfulness in our life is given back to God who's given us everything. So it's a great day if you're going to decorate for Thanksgiving to incorporate some Christian themes. Hobby Lobby has a ton, and I feel like more and more every year they have a ton of faith-based decor that you can purchase, you know, Bible verses that have, uh, that are on based on Thanksgiving or just, just, you know, bless us. Oh Lord plates or whatever, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, you can get a Hobby Lobby to decorate with. And I will link to also, um, Thanksgiving Bible printables from the crafty classroom. There's a lot of really cute resources out there for preschoolers with just, I don't know, Thanksgiving, um, Bible verses on little pumpkins, those kinds of things. And if you want to make some crafts to decorate with, Oriental Trading Company has a lot of great Christian-themed Thanksgiving crafts as well. If you are, you know, in a big family and there's going to be a bunch of kids at Thanksgiving, this is a great way to entertain the kids. Uh, we've done this before. You can get just a dozen of something, and then the kids can make that craft throughout the day and decorate the house and keeps them busy and focused on the day, which is fun. And I'll, I will link to two of the crafts that they have for purchase that I just recreated on my own, just using stuff from around the house. Sometimes you don't even need to buy the fancy kit. You can just look at it as an example and then get what you need to make it. So I'll link to a little thankful pumpkin that we made years ago and a little um, Indian corn that has the legend of the Indian corn, like the colors represent, you know, these different Christian themes or whatever. So they're not amazing. I'll warn you. Um, but they were fun. So you can, you can check those out for a quick and simple little craft you might want to put out for the kids at your Thanksgiving celebration this year. All right. So that's it for the deep dive. So other celebrations of note this month, we're going to quickly breeze through on the fourth is St. Charles, Charles, Charles. Oh man. St. Charles Borromeo, it's his memorial. Uh, he's known, he lived during the Protestant Reformation and had a hand in the Council of Trent. That's where we know him from. On the 9th is the dedication of St. John Lateran. This is a feast day, and John Lateran is in Rome. It's one of the four major basilicas in Rome, along with St. Peter's, which is what we think of as, you know, the, in the Vatican, and St. Mary Major, and St. Paul outside the wall. And it's the cathedral of the diocese of Rome. So every diocese has a cathedral. You would think, oh, it's St. Peter's in the Vatican. No, it's actually St. John Lateran in the, is the um, cathedral of the diocese of Rome. So that's where the seat of the Bishop of Rome is, who is also the Pope. 
So this church is the oldest church in the West. It dates back to 324, and it's where everyone used to be baptized. So it's, it's a pretty cool day that we remember, uh, or a pretty cool church that we remember on the 9th. On the 10th is Leo the Great, Pope Leo the Great, Pope and Doctor of the Church. That's his memorial. The 13th is the Memorial of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Um, she was born in Italy, but became a missionary to the Americas and is known for her work with orphans. And she kind of has a special place for us in Denver because she has a shrine, um, her shrine outside of Denver, which is a place where her orphans used to go. That The building's still there during the summer. Um, as kind of a summer home getaway place. And when they were looking for uh, purchasing and, and finding that land, they were thirsty. And Mother Cabrini said, go around the corner and you'll find some rocks and a spring. And so there's this miraculous spring up just outside of Denver. And it still flows today. You can drink the water from the spring still. You can get water from the spring and you can go visit it. So if you come to Denver, it, it's a must to stop at, at Mother Cabrini's Shrine. It's right on the way to all the major ski resorts and ski towns. So you literally just pull over on I-70, that major highway, and you can go up and drink some miraculous spring water and pray for the intercession of St. Francis Cabrini. All right, the 21st is the presentation of Mary. It's a memorial, so just like Jesus has the presentation, every Jewish child was presented in the temple. We, we remember the presentation of Mary on November 21st. 22nd is a memorial of St. Cecilia, virgin and martyr, our beloved patroness of music. And the 23rd is Blessed Miguel Pro. Uh, this is an optional memorial, and I just, I love him because he um, was born out of, or was born into, I should say, the Cristeros War, and he was falsely accused of setting up a, a bombing attempt on the president-elect, and so he was executed without trial. Um, if you don't know much about the Cristeros War, you've really got to see the movie For Greater Glory. It is such an incredible uh, moving movie that just makes you go, oh my gosh, I want to be a, a saint. So I will link to that for greater glory about the Cristeros War, which Blessed Miguel Pro was um, a martyr in. And then finally, on November 30th is the Feast of St. Andrew, Andrew the Apostle, the brother of Peter. That's it. That is it for this liturgical lowdown. As always, how to challenge for this month is to pick two things to do. And I'd love it if you would share it with me using that hashtag HowToCatholic so we can be inspired by what each other is doing to celebrate the liturgical life in their own lives. Liturgical life of the church in their own homes. Maybe that's the way you say it. All right, for all the links and ideas, prayers, resources, books, all the things I shared on this episode, you can find them in the show notes at madetomagnify.com. Until next month, be saints. It's worth it.